Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome in, welcome in, Sports Talk Mississippi on a Tuesday, and going to be kind of a wonky Tuesday, if we're being honest. We got baseball in Starkville, we got baseball in Oxford, we got basketball, not in Starkville, but out of Starkville, if you will. So, our station Starkville related. Starkville related basketball, a rather significant game tonight. Although, I had somebody ask me if it was a must win earlier. I think you could... You could say no, but you want to win it, basically, is how I put it. But either way, we might lose some of you guys uh, throughout the course of the afternoon at varying times, depending on your station, depending on uh, what Ole Miss or Mississippi State sports team is airing on that station at a given time. So if you hear us now, and for some reason you stop hearing us soon, supertalk.fm, you can watch or listen there. Or the Super Talk Live app. Go to your app store, search Super Talk. You can find us there, and we'll be there all afternoon, even if we're not on your station. So we might lose you today. I know, you know, sometimes we get complaints about midweek baseball, but, you know, contracts are contracts and we got to abide by them. So if we lose you, that's where you can find us, supertalk.fm. You can watch or listen. Ceasefire TV as well, and the Super Talk Live app. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. A very busy sports day today, hey Dad. Very busy sports day. Yeah. And some of the news today is incredible in its stupidity. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, going back to last night, and I think you have it on the rundown, I think we're going to talk about sunsets later. Yes. But then that gets overshadowed by what I'm, I'm going to go out, you know, I don't ever like to say anything's the be- the best or the worst or the biggest or anything like that. Because you never know, right? Like, you go to a restaurant, oh, that was the best steak I ever had. Well, what happens if you have a better steak? Then then you, then you look an idiot. But I am telling you what Nate Oates said today is the absolute worst handling of anything by a head coach that I could ever, ever, ever remember. Yeah. So we'll get... I, I, just, I, I, I am amazed that a grown man let the words come out of his mouth that happened today. So we'll share those details with you later. There is a new twist, and I hate to put it like that because it it sounds honestly insensitive. And no, I'm not talking about uh, the the way that 
Gallo and Gerard talk about sensitive people out there. No, it's a, it's a little bit different. Um, but there is a new twist in the Alabama basketball murder situation. And it's an ugly one. And Nate Oates had, as I said, a shocking quote. So we'll read that to you, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Also, speaking of far less impactful but stupid quotes, the athletic director at Texas said something really dumb last night, and it inspired me. It inspired me oh. to bring up something, or bring it to our show and make it local. Um, Chris Del Conte, apparently a pretty bright guy, but I guess he, he is unaware that um, sunsets are multicolored sometimes. Man's but, never seen a sunset before. Man's never seen a sunset before, apparently. But we're going to twist it, and we're going to turn it into an Ole Miss and, and State conversation. Of course, we've got baseball okay. coming up. Okay. we got basketball to preview. Richard's going to call us. He just left shoot-around in Columbia, Columbia West, even though they're in the East. Either way, he just left shoot-around, so he's going to talk about that big game tonight with Mississippi State and Missouri. A Duke student in their student section last night had the worst <laughs> sign I have ever seen and we'll tell you what that is coming up later as well big show heavy show and so we got a lot of sports and then we got a lot of stuff sports related yeah yeah i I, you know obviously i wish that we didn't have this alabama story because a person's life has been taken that's but like that's such a heavy topic the other stuff is funny stuff yeah you know but so at least uh at least the alabama thing is just oh I can't wait to talk about it. Let's uh, let's start with where are we starting? Let's start with baseball because right. we're going to lose stations because of baseball starting at four o'clock. We didn't talk about this much yesterday, hey Dad, just because we had nine games to cover. We also had the state win over Ole Miss to cover. All three coaches, winners and losers. We had to make good on Food Friday because we didn't have a show on Friday, so it was real busy. We didn't talk about the the state series in the context of. The, the angst that is coming with the performance. And uh, honestly, I think it's justified. Going into the series, uh, I would tell people, look is important. You know, if, if they win games, great. But coming off of finishing last in the West, I think going out there and playing well and dominating would be important. And they didn't do that. Now, the, the score differential was big on Sunday, and the score differential was big on Friday. But there was a lot of free bases there was a lot of errors. There was a lot of mistakes, a lot of stolen bases. And a 16-win team from a year ago took one in Starkville. And they didn't – it was just sloppy is the, the word I would use to describe the weekend for, for State. What do you think about like the way they looked and, and the way they played and, and all that, your true reaction to the series? So one of the things I said on the podcast a number of times was I was going to overreact to whatever happened because I felt like last year, you know, they lose two out of three to Long Beach State. And I remember leaving, you know, we left that series and we're like, well, Long Beach might end up being a pretty good team. And they weren't. They were terrible. And then the next week they lost one to Northern Kentucky. And we, we played the game of, ah, they'll figure it out to figure it out. And in reality, teams that are good don't lose three games in the first uh, two weekends. They don't. So that's a really bad loss that Mississippi State took on on Saturday. That's a team that will likely be in the 250 RPI kind of range. That's the kind of loss that if I thought State was a team that's going to host, which I don't, that that could cost them. 
that one loss could could be a the difference between hosting and not hosting. Um, it could be the difference in the end between making the tournament and not making the tournament. That's just how bad a loss that was. And then you combine. Never mind that if they had just lost a regular baseball game, if they had lost six to two or something. That's bad enough. But to blow a ten-one lead yeah. like that in, in in a game where you where walks and errors killed you more. I said this. People said it on Twitter. I said it on the podcast. The pitching for staff for MSU could have just said, "We're going to throw eighty-five right over the plate." They would have won the game. They could have just fed them strikes yeah. the entire game. And Virginia, Virginia uh, VMI, Virginia Military Academy, is not, I had to think about it for a second, uh, <laughs> is not going to hit the ball enough to overcome a 10-1 lead. They're just not. So it was really, really poor. I was glad to see the way they bounced back on Sunday. They got the win. We knew this team was going to hit the ball well. They did all weekend. Uh, we knew pitching was going to be an issue, defense being an issue, especially, you know, Lane Forsythe is a guy. When what's the first thing people talk about with Lane Forsythe? Well, he's in the lineup because of his glove. Yeah. Then he has two errors in two games. That that can't happen. That can't happen for a guy who's hitting 091 right this second. I know it's only the first weekend, but if you're hitting 091 against VMI, what are you doing against LSU and Arkansas and Ole Miss? I, I don't know the answer to that. So. This is a big week for Mississippi State coming up. They have two midweek games, and they have three games against a Power 5 name opponent. They need to be 4-1. and one. And they really don't need to drop one of these midweek games. They need to, If you drop one to Arizona State, you know, fine. If you win the series, nobody cares. But if State loses a couple games this week, people are just going to be like, uh, it's, it's happening again. Yeah. State fans need something to, to calm their nerves. They need, like, you know... Whatever the baseball wins equivalent is of a shot of Jack Daniels, they need that just to just, just to get everybody you know settled down. So what are they going to do at catcher? So, uh, eleven stolen bases on, on Saturday, and some of that can be on pitching. Now, I don't know if it is or not. That's a question for for Chris Lamonis. But sometimes a pitcher can take too long getting the ball to the plate, uh, putting the catcher in a tough spot to throw somebody out. Like. That's possible, but 11 stolen bases are 11 stolen bases. Went with the freshman yeah. on Sunday from my backyard, pretty mm-hmm. much from my backyard. I think I live like right up the road from uh, uh, from him. But uh, he looks good, had a hit as well, uh, a double, right, if I remember yeah. correctly. So yeah. what are they going to do there? Double for Ross Ifo. Well, Hancock's got the start today. They, they just put the lineup out a few minutes ago. Um, and the, the issue is this. It's, you know, where, where are you putting people? Because you want Hunter Hines in the lineup, yeah. and he didn't start on uh, on on Sunday, but you know he's the guy. He led you in home runs last year, or was second in the team in home runs as a freshman. He he's going to be in the lineup. Hancock had a great week at the plate. He's hitting over five hundred. You can't really move Bryce Chance out of the lineup. The SEC fresh co freshman of the week. He had a massive week at the plate. So it's one of those things where it's a good problem because you've got talented players, but at the same time, what you, the, the number you just said that is a little league number. That is, Johnny can't throw it behind, you know, more than two feet kind of number. And for, to get, to get through the, the post, the preseason and the offseason and not realize that was an issue is really weird. Like they had to know yeah. it was a problem. So, not sure what state's going to do there. They got to figure it out though. They've got four guys for three spots. Oof, interesting stuff. 601-879-4395 is the text line. Possibly a story developing in Oxford. 
uh, in baseball as well. We'll talk about that in your text when we come back. at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. That work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. Brian Haydad with you. You want to be a part of the show, we'd love to have you. 601-879-4395 is the text line. We'd love to have you be a part of the show. Robert in Saltillo says, do you all keep past text? If so, I said last year that if Luke was catching, some records would be broken for stolen bases allowed. Yeah, we don't keep them intentionally. They just archive like a regular text message. Good thing though, Robert texts us so infrequently. It's right there on the on the, the it's four text up. Oh my gosh, it is right there. <laughs> May 9th, twenty twenty two. Teams will set stolen base records all year long if Luke is catcher next season. How about that? We appreciate yeah. you, Robert, being a, an infrequent texter. Of yeah, Robert, show. you got that, that kind of of premonition. You should text more often, friend. Seriously, though. Look at this. You got, uh, got the lottery numbers? What are we doing? That's remarkable. Paul says, hey, Dad, it's the first week of the season. Cheer up. I, I'm going to defend him on this, mm-hmm. though, because it's, it's not just a hey, Dad thing. It's a, a team coming off finishing last in the SEC, literally dead last in the SEC, came out against a bad team, and they didn't look good. It is totally fair I think I saw uh, your podcast partner, Robbie Falk, saying the same thing on Twitter. Like, if last year went well, it it wouldn't be – the reaction wouldn't be justified. If that was a super regional team a year ago and, you know, week Mm -hmm. one was a little sloppy, then you're like, ah, well, it's baseball. You know what happens sometimes. But when they played the way they did last year, coming out of the gate looking like that is concerning. You didn't say that the season's over. Right. they need to get off to a fast start. Remember, remember how the season ends for L, for Mississippi State. Their last four series are, I think, LSU, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Texas A and M. So, two College World Series teams. Last year's consensus number one, and this year's consensus number one. That's the last four series of the year. The state needs to pile up the wins here in the, in the early part of the season. You know, I, I say it. I say it all the time. If you if you want to host, you can't lose more than five non-conference games, unless you're just going to somehow be a team that goes 23-7 and in conference play. Um, if you want to make the tournament, you can't lose more than maybe eight or nine. That's, I mean, and that's, again, assuming that you're going to, you know, if you lose eight or nine non-conference games, it's it's a leap to think that you're going to win, you know, 17, 18, or even 16 conference games. So these games are important, or even early in the season. I think people get involved in the whole, you know, they get the whole, oh, it's baseball and you got a whole season to play. Each game means something. That's why they play them. Here's the the question that I teased and didn't get to right away. What's the story coming out of Oxford? Honestly, we don't know much right now. Mike Bianco is going to give 
us an update after the game about the health of Hunter Elliott. Apparently there is some... What's happened? Apparently there is some uh, soreness to some degree in his elbow. And and there's been oh, some... Oh, no. Yeah, and, and there's been some... That um, is the kiss of death. Oh, God, I hope that's not what, the, what it is. Yeah. It, uh, so so we shall see. Uh, apparently the good news is that there wasn't something that happened like in the start where he threw a pitch and heard a pop and they shut him down. It wasn't like that, but still um, felt something in his Never. in his throwing elbow, his left elbow. Um, the, the start went fine. He didn't get pulled because of it or anything like that, but uh, there's been some discomfort. They've done some imaging. And um, we will get some kind of update after uh, the game tonight. I hope that young man is okay because he's a great pitcher, and uh, you, know, you definitely want to see him out there competing. But I, I mean, I'm just telling you that I, I, I went through it with JT Ginn. You went through it last year with Landon Sims. You went through it. You know, I, I mean, gosh, being a covering state, I, I who could forget the twenty. Uh, the 2016, 2017 years where State had eight guys go out with Tommy John. As soon as you hear elbow, it's never good. So we'll hope for the best. Yeah, absolutely. We will. Dwayne says, "Here we go again." JT again, all over again. It's it's just a sad thing that happens in baseball now, man. I mean, you've seen it yeah. in Baton Rouge already. You've seen it in, in Fayetteville already. It's uh, so you hope for the best. We'll we'll see tonight. Obviously, we'll talk about it tomorrow, uh, one way or another. But that is uh, that is out there, and uh, and we shall see. Uh, one message here. All I know is Amani Larry and Ledbetter are dogs. Yeah, Amani Larry's that dude. He is awesome. He's good. That's good. That's good baseball. But he and he and Ledbetter are the top of the order. You know, I'm 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 interested to see obviously as the competition gets better, and, and we'll see some of that this weekend with Arizona State. But I mean, they couldn't have you couldn't have asked for a better start and a better acclimation to to, to baseball to college baseball in Starkville than what those two guys gave you. I was kind of I, I didn't see who won SEC Player of the Week, but they must have had a hell of a week to have knocked off Amani Larry. Uh, Joe and Starfle asks if uh, Luke uh, Hines or Chance can play third base so Alford can DH. I don't think any of them can play third, no. Um, but even if they could, I mean, it doesn't – I don't know. No, but no, I don't think any of those guys can play third. So Alford is, Alford is going to be the third baseman. Somebody says the curse of a Mississippi school winning the College World Series. You, you hope that's not. You hope that's not what's happening here. But yeah, we uh, we will see. Um, we will see tonight. Both games start at four, right? Ole Miss and um, I know State, Arkansas does, yeah. State, and State in Louisiana Monroe. Ole Miss playing Arkansas State early in the season. So. Actually playing them, hey! <laughs> they aren't going to play them this time. Yeah. Did they ever implement that rule where the last game is taken away? Uh, I don't like think like so. your worst RPI game is it doesn't count anymore? Did they implement that? Kendall well, Rogers said that they were considering it. Did they? Boy, if that's the case, <laughs> I know what states is going to be at the end of the year. Uh, they they won't have a worse I RPI game than VMI. The key debts? They might not. I mean, I don't know who they. I don't know who they play in the SWAC. I don't know if they play Valley or, or anybody like that. So, hmm. 
Interesting stuff. I mean, but those those are the games. Yeah, fascinating weekend we've got upcoming too with, with Arizona State and Maryland. You know, th- those aren't Maryland's a top fifteen team, and Arizona mm-hmm. State used to be a, a powerhouse. But you don't look at those yeah. two and think, "Wow, big series coming in." But it kind of feels like maybe that's an undersell. Oh, no. Yeah, it's it's like you know, it's kind of the opposite in football, right? I mean, if Mississippi State or Ole Miss was ranked like eleventh in football. And they're playing LSU or Alabama. Their fans aren't going to be like, "Oh, big game," because you just have that mental thought of what state and Ole Miss are. And same here. Like, I don't think of Maryland as college baseball power, but if you watch college baseball, if you've kept up with it. Maryland's a very good program. Arizona State's a little different because they had such a great run in the '80s and '90s. People know them as a power program. They've been down a little bit lately, but they're still, you know, a very capable school, and they'll be in the in the the hunt for a bid, I would imagine, out of the Pac-12 most of the year. For uh, for sure. Uh, Dwayne says Kellum was a third-base player in high school. High school, college, a little bit different. Like, like uh, there, there's... So Kellum Clark? Yeah. Kellum Clark's not moving. They're not moving him out of the outfield, no. I mean, take T.J. McCants, for example, at Ole Miss. I mean, he, he came in as an infielder, but doesn't work like that in college. And, and high school... Most of the time, you, you slap your best player at shortstop because you, you've got one guy that's that good and you put him at the most important position on the field and they get to college and they do other things. But anyway, uh, Hunter's asking if we talked about uh, basketball yesterday. We did. It got buried, of course, in the um, in all the discourse about baseball. We'll do that again here soon. So we'll start the 4 o'clock hour talking about State Missouri and then we'll talk to Richard, who's in Columbia, calling the game tonight. Uh, he saw shoot around, talked to both coaches, so we'll, we'll get a pretty nice little game preview from uh, from Richard about an hour and a half before first uh, first pitch. I almost said uh, before tip off. First tip. First tip. Yeah. First pass. I don't know. Well, first tip, I guess, because they're technically no, not in college. There's only one, and uh, I was about to say because yeah, in the no, NBA, no, 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 no there's, balls, yeah. you can have more. Which I think that college needs to go to that, by the way. The possession arrow, to me, is kind of a joke. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely it should. No, 100%. That, that, I've been saying that for forever. Matt and Starkville says, State is transfer second baseman you, DeBrule, Jaeger, and Larry. That's <laughs> a pretty good yeah. back-to-back-to-back right there. Yeah. And before that, two of the better ones were Juco guys, Brett Pirtle and, uh, and Seth Heck. Question here. Been hearing the clip today about changes to college baseball to speed up games so they don't run long for TV purposes. Why don't they just let them play the game? If they want to make the game shorter, they could cut out the commercials and do all the advertising in-game. Well, there's still... Did I text that? You may have. Did I text that? I don't remember texting that. The thing about baseball is they only run commercials during the time when the players are warming up in between innings. That, That happens in baseball with or without television broadcasts. No, the idea is... Yes, it's everything's for TV. Everything they do is for television. They want the games to fit into better windows because they want to put them on TV more because they think eventually casual sports fans will more watch college baseball than they do currently. And they love softball because it fits in a 2-hour and 15-minute window guaranteed. Baseball does not. That's that's the aim here. But the 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 commercial breaks in baseball aren't the issue. It was pace of play. We gotta get into this Alabama story next. Mind blowing quotes from Nate Oates when we come back. Okay, what we do next? Keep it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 
888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky, he's Brian Haydad. This story broke just a little while ago, about an hour and a half ago or so. As you guys know, an Alabama basketball player earlier this season was arrested along with another guy for the murder of uh, a woman in Tuscaloosa, shooting her car after a altercation occurred earlier in the night. Some new details have emerged from that shooting, reading from AL.com, Alabama freshman basketball standout Brandon Miller brought the gun. Brandon Miller, the guy that's going to be a top five pick, brought the gun used on the Tuscaloosa strip killing of a woman that led to capital murder charges for his now former teammate Darius Miles and 20-year-old Michael Davis, according to law enforcement testimony today. Miles, the... Uh, former teammate of Brandon Miller, contacted Miller and asked him to bring his gun to where they were, according to police. When Miller got to the scene, Miles told Davis the heat is in the hat, which meant that a gun was present. Miles added there's one in the head, meaning that there was a round in the chamber. Miles moved his girlfriend back to get her out of the line of fire, according to police testimony. Miller's windshield, again, the, the player that is still currently playing for Alabama, the guy that provided the gun for this shooting, was struck twice by gunfire in the shooting. Police testified another Alabama basketball player, another new name, Jaden Bradley, was also at the scene of the shooting. Asked by AL.com why Miller was not charged, the chief chief deputy, DA Paula Whitley, said, that's not a question I can answer. There's nothing we could charge him with. Those appear to be contradictory statements, but I will read on. Alabama coach Nate Oates said Tuesday that Miller is, quote, not in any trouble as a result of his involvement. Here's the quote. We know we knew about that. Can't control everything everybody does outside of practice. Nobody knew that was going to happen. College kids are out. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble, nor is he in any type of trouble in this case. Wrong spot at the wrong time. Oates said. You know, you don't have to say anything. No one uh, no one makes people talk. You could just say, guys, we're, we're, we can't comment on an ongoing investigation. And that's the end. There, there's no rebuttal to that. There's no, there's no more to say at that point. But Oates decided to let, you know what, I'm just going to step fully in this pile of dog crap and and say that as an unbelievable statement. And this whole thing, wrong place, wrong time. Okay, I'm going to be honest. I don't own a gun, but let's say I, uh, you know, I own a drill. I own a drill, power drill. If you Borky were like, hey, can I borrow your drill? My first question is going to be, yeah, what do you fix them? What do you need it for? So if somebody, you know, I would think if you want to say, can I borrow your gun? First question somebody should have is, what are you shooting? Yeah, what for? Because you know, is I'm not. I don't want to just look at it. I don't want to just hold it. This is an awful situation. There's no way. There's no way you can convince me. I, I could be wrong. 
I could be wrong, but I can't be convinced that Brandon Miller wasn't aware of what was happening here at, at some point. Because why? Why else? Are you, why are we bringing a gun? Why are we doing it? You know, the, the, the thought never is like, what do you need my gun for? Why do you need a gun? You know, this is an awful situation, and obviously, what NATO was trying to say. Let me let me decipher the coach before you is. We're the number one team in the nation, or we we are, or we're top two, three team in the nation, and this guy's a top five pick, and I'm not going to do anything that screws that up, yeah. So that I can leave here for the Kentucky job in a few weeks. So yeah, here's some more context before we continue. the The mother of the young woman, uh, who was also uh, a mother on her own, um, remember that th- this is a, a young woman who was killed, murdered, who was who was a young mother. A daughter will now live the rest of her life without her mother. Um, But the victim's mom told AL.com that the ordeal began with the suspects trying to talk to her, who then told them she had a boyfriend and wasn't interested. That is how this altercation began. According to AL.com, they were hitting on her, and she did not take kindly to their advances. Uh, It's also implicated in uh, in the story that the, the car being driven by Brandon Miller was parked in front of the Jeep that the victim was yeah was in. Yeah. Like I said, it's going to be tough for anybody to convince me that Miller didn't have a role to play in this. It's going to be tough. Uh, the, what Talking about gun crimes on a sports show, but it's what we have to do. Um, yeah. The, the, the way you laid that out is perfect. After 1 o'clock in the morning, your buddy asks you for your gun. Why on earth would your reaction to would, would your reaction be, okay. On the way. I'll bring it to you. You and, are a... I mean, the heat's in the hat? Yeah. That, I, look, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I wouldn't... But... That just sounds to me like somebody like who's, who's trying to say the guns in the car. It's not, it's trying to say the guns in the car without saying the guns in the car because yeah. mm-hmm. you know you don't want to text the guns in the car. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly it. That 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 the thing is, um, I, I understand because when we've talked about stuff like this in the past, because other college athletes in the past have been arrested on gun crimes. Guess what? We get to talk about another one today. Um, yeah. We have had some people say things about, well, it's their Second Amendment right. That is true. But part of your right to carry and own a firearm is to do it responsibly. And if you are not responsible with it, repercussions do come, or they should anyway. You, you It's sad to me that somebody, a top five pick in the upcoming draft, life-altering money, is on the way for him and and whatever family he has. If you just don't do this, and yet he did it, and he might get away with it anyway. But back to NATO's. It is shocking that we have lost the plot so much on stuff like this. And he's getting a lot of backlash today, obviously justified, but college kids will be college kids is something you say... After a player gets a public intoxication charge. That's kids being kids. Remember the time Bo Wallace got in a, a fight by the pool when mm-hmm. he was at Ole Miss? 
Eli Manning got a, a Eli public Manning drunk. got a public say. drunk. Uh, that's college kids being college kids. Wrong place, wrong time is if, uh, you know, uh, true story, I have been robbed in Charleston, South Carolina. I got robbed once. I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Guy robbed me. Was had a. I don't think it was a gun, but he was indicating that he had a gun at his waist and there was something he was holding on to and I didn't ask questions and didn't fight him and gave him the money that I had, which wasn't much. That happened to me. I was in the wrong place at the wrong time when that happened to me. That was, shoot, all the way back in 2014. But that's wrong place, wrong time. A public intoxication charge, that's college kids being college kids. Providing a gun used for a murder is not wrong place, wrong time. That is not, well, you know, college kids, they're out. The, the stunning lack of sympathy for the loss of... That's what we're talking about. The loss of a life. A young woman who was a mother got murdered. And because he can play basketball good, he, he, he's not facing any trouble. I mean, I mean th- this... It's it's shocking to me that Alabama just sees that and they say nothing. They do nothing. He's been playing. He provided the gun for a murder. He was there when it happened. He gave the gun and the shootout happened. And a young woman died. But my gosh, he can make threes at six foot nine, so nothing's gonna happen to him. What is wrong with us as a society? Is basketball really that important? This isn't... Great text here. This spe- go ahead. Wrong place, wrong time. He was told where and when he showed up. Yes. Yeah. He was told where to come. What do you mean wrong place, wrong time? They said come here with the gun, and he's like, yeah, I'll be there in a minute. Are winning ba- Is winning basketball games really that important at Alabama? Is it really that important? You know, I, I, I and it's bad, man. Look, there there are legal principles that don't apply to real life. Okay, the the first time that that I consumed alcohol, I got I got in trouble. I didn't get arrested though, but my dad still punished me. You can still punish somebody even if the law's not going to do it. You had three basketball players, three players on your team at the site of a deadly shooting, and only one of them is facing any repercussions. Not the one that provided the gun, only the one that shot it. And you, and your response is not, I have to do better as a coach. I have to lead these young men better. We have to do a review of our program. It's, ah, boys will be boys. It's, it's sick that basketball, making three-point shots, is more important then holding somebody accountable for the death of a young mother. We'll be back. Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi.
you earlier, there was another story like this involving a high-profile college athlete. <laughs> LSU star wide receiver Malik Neighbors reading for Barrett Salee at CBS. Again, LSU star wide receiver Malik Neighbors was arrested and booked on weapons charges in New Orleans. He was arrested Monday night on weapons charges and booked, booked into the Orleans Parish Jail early Tuesday morning, according to records from the Orleans Parish Sheriff's Office. He was released on his own recognizance and, went and was not required to post bond. Details of the events that led to the arrest are currently still unclear. What on earth are you doing with an apparently, in one way or another, illegal weapon on you in New Orleans late Monday night, early Tuesday morning during Mardi Gras? What are you doing? What is wrong with what what is wrong with these athletes? I don't what are you doing? I would just say this. If, if somebody's gonna be like, well, they don't feel safe, maybe you shouldn't go out. And that sucks, but maybe you shouldn't go out. The charge was or you gotta the go somewhere you feel carrying safe. Of a weapon. So does that mean the weapon is illegal or is it just he had the he had it like concealed and he's not uh, able to do so? I, I don't I don't know. Exactly. The arrest happened at nine. Wouldn't o'clock it be like Monday illegal night? possession of a firearm? Wouldn't it be if it was the weapon was illegal? Don't know. He was arrested at the intersection of Bourbon and Conti Streets in New Orleans. I mean, that's kind of a high traffic area. It, it's that it, means he's got the gun out. Because, I mean, he's he's got the gun and somebody saw it. Why are you flashing a piece on Bourbon Street? That's just not smart, man. These two guys, man, even if they didn't have a professional future, in the current era of sports, you are getting a free education, and with these two guys, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Your life can change if you just don't do this and it sounds like Brandon Miller is going to get get away with providing the weapon that was immediately used for a murder. He hadn't been charged with anything. It's not going to happen, yeah. and, and this might go away too. But man, it, and Nate Oates' quote, I would love to. Uh, we'll see what Brian Kelly says about this. Probably won't go the same way Nate Oates's did. But Nate Oates's quote tells you no. all you need to know. I mean, yeah. why why wouldn't his players also, be out at, at one a.m. involved in a shootout when their coach is like, ah, college kids. That's what they do. By the way, a friend of mine texted me, and she made a good point. Where's Greg Byrne in this? Seriously. You, you got to do something, man. Your coach just said that. You can't allow that. Three of your basketball players were present in a shooting that killed a young mother. One of the players provided the gun. The other one is sitting in jail without bond on capital murder charges. And well, boys will be boys. It's crazy. People are failing at a lot of levels, at a lot of levels. People are failing these kids, these young men, which is what they are. Yeah. What are you yeah. doing walking around Bourbon Street at Mardi Gras with a gun? What are you doing? Yeah. If you don't feel safe on Bourbon Street and Mardi Gras... Don't go. Don't go. Don't go. How many people, when we bring up New Orleans, how many people text the show, eh, just don't go anymore? Yeah. It's your choice. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks that you don't feel safe. Yeah. New Orleans is awesome. If you don't feel safe, you shouldn't go. 
It is. It's a shame. It is uh, absolutely uh, a shame. But anyway, six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is. The text line, we will talk basketball, but actual basketball when we come back. Mississippi State, big one tonight in Como. And then we'll talk to Richard, who just uh, saw shoot around about an hour ago uh, with both Mississippi State and Missouri, so we'll get some insight there. Um, i got to tell you guys about this sign at the Duke game last night. It just cringe is the only word that comes to mind. And also the Texas athletic director inspired me to come up with uh, a football topic since it's February 21st and they're not happening organically. So (laughs) I had to create something for the college football fix and we'll do it. And also, if uh, if we got time, which I think we will, I have been asked by enough people about Will Wade, Chris Beard, and Ole Miss to the point where I want to talk about it and uh, and give you my take on it. I know Richard said last week that neither one of them will happen. I don't know what Richard knows. If you are a source of Richard Cross's, believe me, he protects you very well. Because I've worked with him for, this will be, this is year nine. We have worked at the same place. Year seven of us working together every day. And he will not tell me where that came from. So, you are well protected sources of Richard Cross. But I will, uh, I want to talk about it. Because a lot of people are asking me about it. And I've got differing thoughts on on the two guys and their prospects at being the next basketball coach at Ole Miss. We'll talk State, Missouri. Big game tonight when we come back. It's Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. Love to have you on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. I'm Michael Borkies, Brian Haydad. Rich Cross is off today because he's calling Mississippi State, Missouri tonight. I can't wait for the backhanded compliments that Richard's going to get tomorrow on the text line. I can't wait for those. You know they're coming. <laughs> Richard, yeah. I don't like you, but you were really good on the call last night. <laughs> you did a really good job, yeah. Richard, you did a good job hiding your bias. <laughs> we'll get a lot of that tomorrow. Oh, he hates I know it was killing you to watch State do that. Oh, man. But, yeah, he is calling the game tonight, and it's a big one. Six o'clock. So uh, a lot of you will lose us at 530, but that's okay. Big game tonight up in Como. Um, Here's a a very – this is why I get paid the big bucks, all right? This this is why I am a professional sports commentator and why I'm making a a bunch of bank right here. This This is why my agent negotiates big contracts for me. Mississippi State needs to stop Kobe Brown tonight if they want to win. There you go. Ooh, Ooh. I don't know about that. Spicy. Well, that's, that's a hot take. I know. But, yeah, I mean, you Missouri know, goes as he goes. Well, we talked about it a couple weeks ago when they, these two teams played, and we talked about the contrast of styles, right, that Missouri likes to they like to spread the floor, they get up and down the floor, they, they put a lot of points on the board, and then State, you know, turns everything into a rock fight. 
Um, and, and what happened in that game was State was able to impose their will on Missouri. And on top of that, Tolu Smith was dominant because Missouri just doesn't have an answer for him inside. That's just not a team built to stop a team with, with good post presence. So those issues still remain for Missouri. The difference is this game is at home where Missouri has been really, really good this year. Uh, so if they can get get out, get some momentum early, maybe they can ride the crowd a little bit. Um, but I'm interested, you know, again, that, that contrast of styles. I'm interested to see, can State do it again? You know, doing it once, great. But if you do it twice, it means they've got your number. And so that'll be a really it's, – it's, it's impossible to overstate how important this game is. Yeah, somebody texted you earlier. You said it must win. It must win isn't correct because State would still be in the fight. You know, if, with, with a loss, if they lost this game and won on Saturday, it all what comes out in the wash. But like, it's an important, important game. A win would, assuming you don't screw up and lose to South Carolina. I mean, you may be at the point where you could lose to Vanderbilt, but I don't think you are. But if you win this game and you go two and zero next week, you are going to the NCAA tournament. Yes, you will be nine and nine. You'll be twenty-one and ten, I believe. Yeah, and somewhere like twenty and eleven. Yeah, your your net's going to be between thirty-eight and forty-four. You're in, regardless of what you do in Nashville, unless somehow you you somehow get like matched up with South Carolina and they beat you, which seems unlikely. You're in. If you win tonight and you're two and zero next week, you are in. Simple as that. There's a couple of wins that if they do make the tournament, we'll look back on. One that kind of flew under the radar, the TCU win, and the win in Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. Those two, uh, looking back, if they make the tournament, you can, you can circle those two games and say, that is the line of demarcation. Those two wins is what got them in. Those are huge wins Correct. in hindsight. Correct. I mean, and, and the TCU win was so big because it snapped that, that spell yeah. That State was in. They had lost six of seven. They had only beaten Ole Miss at that point. And then you, you know TCU's coming in at that, and you're thinking, okay, another ranked team coming to the hump. They're probably going to lose this one, and they win it. That's what got them going. That's what got the, the 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 ball rolling in the right direction for Mississippi State. They've played great basketball ever since that game. Um, and then the Arkansas game. Anytime you can go on the road and get a quad one win, people notice that Arkansas is a top thirty net team, and you went on the road, and not only did you beat them, but if you watched the game, you dominated them. You led the majority of the game. You led by as many as 16. You never trailed in the second half. That's a great win for Mississippi State. State has, what, three quad one wins. They have that one. They have the uh, the, 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 the the TCU game. And, of course, they have the, that win over Marquette on a neutral court early in the season is, is still a massive win for Mississippi State. And then you've got two more opportunities. If you can get a fourth quad one win this week, and Texas A&M is going to be interesting because they're, I think they're 29th in the net. So, I mean, they have to stay in the top 30 for it to be a quad one win for you at home. So you need Texas A&M to, like, basically you need to beat them and then not have them lose again. So it stays in the quad one. So would tonight, quad one is on the road, 75 on the right? road top 75 yeah so, so you're in this is be, a quad one yeah. game missouri's not dropping out of the top 75 if you get a win tonight that's going to be a quad one win up until selection sunday Whew. big our fans huge uh, our fans feeling it the way they should be i think so 
I think you know fans are excited. I think fans are, for the most part, but they I think they've definitely bought into Jans. The crowds have been good this year throughout the season. Um, I think the way State plays basketball appeals to Mississippi State fans. State State fans, I mean, it, it's a bit of a cliche, right? But you know, a hard nosed, gritty team that that's what yeah. they they want to get behind. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think fans are are bought in, but at the same time, I think that that. They haven't completely bought into the idea that this team is going to the NCAA tournament. They, they, they if, if State gets a win this week, then I feel like let's say if State wins today, Saturday's game with A and M, considering that you also have a baseball game on campus, should be absolute packed house at the Hump. I can't imagine an empty, there shouldn't be an empty seat. No, and um, okay, if you so lose they, today, it's still going to be a great crowd. They did the schedule right, so right. Baseball, baseball is after the uh, the, the the basketball game. Baseball is a five o'clock first pitch, and baseball is two. So, no, baseball is the night game. It's five five o'clock. Basketball is two. Okay, so yeah, the basketball game should be easily done before five. Yes, yes. So you can yes. do both. Aren't they well, selling so, a, a package well, so where you buy one ticket, you get two? Yes. Games? Yeah. Smart. Smart. Got to so do unless there's like five overtimes, you you can make it to the to Duty Noble without missing a pitch. That's awesome. Good. I mean, yeah. that that was. Uh, I mean, you get to live it every day because you live there. But I, I miss that the the double up where where you go and both of these games are meaningful, right? I mean, it's not like it's Arizona Southern. It's it's Arizona State. You know, it, it's a it's a name baseball program. So you go from incredibly meaning, regardless of tonight's result, Saturday is an incredibly meaningful basketball game, going right into your baseball team playing a name program when it's going to be like. 68 degrees in the ninth inning. It's fantastic. I can't wait. What a great day. Yeah. Well, you're in climate control. Right, and you, you don't, in the box. Uh, oh, windows always yeah, open, open in the box. Windows. Yeah. And then they're not allowed to shut them. Is it because the foul ball broke the glass and yep. RIP Tyler Horka? Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't Horka. It was David Murray. Who's, oh, it wasn't uh, Horka? Then? Oh. I thought, well, didn't yeah. he cut his hand on the. No, it was David Murray. Ah, okay. So yeah, they uh, they they won't let us. Uh, and what's funny is since then, no ball has come into the uh, the press box. It's the one time deal. But it doesn't matter if it's you know blazing cold, hot or freezing cold; those windows are going to be open at first pitch. Yeah. So CJ says Rebs are still hot in national champs. Just a reminder. Well, yeah, you don't you don't need to remind us. We know. Um, what, what was impressive and about Once Ole the Miss. season starts, we stop with that. Remember, that's what happened last year. <laughs> uh, but was, what was impressive with Ole Miss is, uh, look, it's Delaware. And we didn't really get to talk about their games much yesterday either outside of, of Mike Bianco, but it's Delaware. If you're looking for this player was great, this player was bad type stuff after Delaware, frankly, I think you're looking in the wrong place. Uh, I, I know there, there was one publication that did the uh, – this freshman pitcher looked like a seasoned vet, and it's like his stuff is really good, but no, he didn't. He walked four guys. The, the, the command wasn't there. Probably first game jitters. He's a true freshman. Like He's, he's going to be fine, but you're, you're not going to get us, or at least I don't think, overselling like the X's and O's, if you will, of games against Delaware. You should run rule Delaware twice in a weekend. That's, that's what you're supposed to do. But it is encouraging, though. To see a team after a national championship uh, losing leadership like Elko and Graham and Delusia, 
playing very sharp. No errors all weekend. Not a single error. I, I don't even remember any kind of base running mistake. I think I think one guy got caught in a rundown where he shouldn't have. Um, but but otherwise, they were really sharp, really clean. Again, no errors. Only gave up three runs. Hit the baseball well consistently. Seven different guys had home runs. So. That's what you can take away from the Delaware series. We're going to know a lot more about this team next weekend, or well, this weekend, I should say, when Maryland comes to town, then we'll know. But it was encouraging, or it should be anyway, to see them play sharp, good, solid baseball coming off of a championship. When you're a good team and you play a bad team, you should beat them easily. That's how I've always believed that, and that's what Ole Miss did this past weekend. They won all three games easily. We will, speaking of games, we will talk to Richard Cross next, who's in Columbia. He'll, uh, he'll call us on the Farm Bureau guest line, and we'll check in from Shoot Around there uh, in Columbia and get his takes on the game tonight. It's Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. What we're going to do right here is go back. And now back to back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad with you. You want to be a part of the show, we'd love to have you on the text line. 601-879-4395. That's the C Spire text line. They do remind you, don't text and drive, though. Use your voice text feature. It's funnier anyway, because they never come in exactly right, but they uh, they come in nonetheless, and we appreciate you for that. We go to the Farm Bureau phone line, check out favorites.com, and go with the home team. By the way, Richard, we didn't play your your call from the weekend of Vanderbilt's uh, buzzer, not buzzer beater, but close enough. We didn't even play that yesterday. I had it saved and ready, and I completely forgot. Nice call, and I'm not being sarcastic. That was actually a really good call. Thank you. That was uh, it was a fun game, and I mean, you, you know, you get the um, you know, hate ads favorite people injecting themselves at the end that, that kind of take away the the momentum from it because you had a, a weird foul call with no explanation for what it was. But yeah, you had Auburn hit what ten point eight left. Auburn hits a three to tie it, and then Vanderbilt kind of. It was almost like they slow played it up the floor. Uh, Ezra Magnon, their their point guard, I was I was like, does he know how much time's on the clock? Because he's just kind of casually walking it up. But it was almost like he kind of kind of lulled Auburn to sleep, and then he stepped on the gas and got to the rim, and uh, that was cool. That was a lot of fun. Great atmosphere. Um, I've been to a bunch of games at Memorial, and more times than not, it's only about half full. Uh, there were 14,000 there, and like 3,000 of the fans there were Auburn fans. I don't think I told you guys about this. So I got on the elevator to uh, to head to the um, to the arena, and I was staying in the same hotel that Auburn was in. So I was on the 11th floor. We're going down, stops on the 6th floor, and like half a dozen Auburn players get on. And one of their managers or like a graduate assistant or somewhere, he's like, you ready for this? I was like, ready for what? He's like, just wait. 
we open the doors or the the doors to the elevator open in the lobby, and I'm in the middle of the Tiger Walk. Like they're doing that for basketball. They're probably three or four hundred Auburn fans that are in the lobby of the hotel, and then you walk out the front doors where I was going to jump in the car and head to the arena, and it's like eight or ten deep from the front doors of the hotel all the way out to Broadway where their bus is parked. It was incredible, but all those people went home disappointed. You should have just walked with them and high five, pretended you were an assistant coach or something. Well, I, I mean, I, I had a coat and tie on, so I kind of looked like that, and I was carrying my bag, and I had my briefcase with me, and like there were you know two or three little kids that kind of stuck their hands out. I was like, well, I can't leave them hanging, so I had you know, a little fist bump or a five as I went by. I was like, I got no idea. It's just, uh, it's just the, the TV guy. We thought we were, you know, talking to or you know, bu- bumping fists with Auburn royalty. So, sorry to disappoint you, kids. Well, I mean, you know, you 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 have you have talked to Hugh Freeze once in your life, so it's it's, it's six degrees of separation. You're good. Auburn fans love. Well, them. I mean, you, you guys would tell me quickly how bad I am at social media. You want to talk about a missed opportunity? I mean, I should have had the video going as I got off the elevator, and then you know, put that out there. Everybody the patting you on the back. Yeah, yeah. Just 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 another missed opportunity for me on Twitter or Instagram or, or whatever else. Yeah. Well, we'll just put it on the list with the rest of them. All right, Mississippi State, Missouri tonight. This is we were just discussing. It's not a must-win game for Mississippi State. It's a, a game they would love to have. What about the other side of that? Is this a must-win game for Missouri? You know, the funny thing is, and, and I'm not suggesting that Joe Lenardi is is the gospel. He's pretty good at his job, though, on, on bracketology. And he's got Missouri as a nine seed, and he's got Mississippi State as an eleven seed. And hey, Dad, you and I have talked about the fact that. You know, if you look at their resumes side by side, Mississippi State's got a better net. Um, Missouri does have four quad one wins, and I think it's eight quad one and quad two wins combined. Uh, but they're behind Mississippi State in the net. And I was talking with the Missouri's radio guy, Mike Kelly, who we've had on the show today, and he said this just kind of feels like almost a play-in game for the NCAA tournament. Now, in the the explanation that Lenardi puts out with his most recent bracketology, he says. Mississippi State probably stays in the field even with a road loss. But on the other side, for Missouri, they are desperately trying to stop a, a two-game losing skid. This is not the time of year when you want to go on an extended losing streak. So, yeah, I think it's really important for both teams. And if Mississippi State doesn't get it done on the road tonight, that makes Saturday at home against Texas A&M almost a must-win. If they're able to steal one on the road tonight, it would be another quad one win for Mississippi State. It certainly would help their net, and I think would give them, uh, I don't want to say house money for the game against against Texas A&M because it is a home game, but it certainly would uh, give them a little more comfort going into that game. I will say this, Mississippi State looked loose, and they looked confident in their shoot-around, and in talking with, with Chris Jans today, he goes, you know, I don't know what it is, he said, but we've played in some big environments this year. You know, on the road against Alabama, played that game really, really well. We went on the road. That was a raucous environment at, at Arkansas and actually got the win. He said, our guys have handled big, tough road environments well, and they think they're going to get that tonight. Last we heard from Missouri, limited tickets available. Uh, Mizzou Arena seats 15,000. So, you know, I, I would not be even – I would honestly would be surprised if there aren't 13,000, 14,000 people there tonight. We talked about the contrast of styles when these teams played last in Starkville, that Missouri yeah. likes to get up and down the floor and State doesn't, for lack of a better word. Uh, 
and State was able to win that. And I think one of the big issues for Missouri is they just don't really have that post presence to deal with Tolu Smith. And you know, obviously you see him in shoot around there. He's been playing really well throughout this this stretch where State's been playing really well. You know, how how big a factor is that going to be for Missouri tonight? They just don't have anybody down low that can match up with a Tolu Smith. You know, I was talking with Dennis Gates, the, the head coach at Missouri, after their shoot-around today, and I said, so, Tolu Smith. I said, he was really good against you guys. He, and he kind of interrupted me. He's like, he's been good against everybody. I said, yeah, he has, but he also went for 25-12 and 12 in the last game. So, what what's the plan? Is it you try to eliminate Tolu Smith, or you just kind of recognize he's going to get his, and you're trying to eliminate everything else? And he said, well... You know, if you look at the stat sheet when it's all said and done, that probably would be the perfect scenario. If he has a big game, as he is wont to do, you kind of limit some of the other guys. That's easier said than done because Missouri just doesn't have the size to, to really handle him down low. And, and the thing about Tolu Smith, he's not a threat from the outside, right? He's not like Liam Robbins for Vanderbilt, who's a seven-footer, where he's going to step out and he's going to shoot threes and that's going to soften things up. But he does an incredible job before he gets the basketball, right? So it's not he gets the basketball and then he goes to work. He does his work early, and he gets position, and he's a, a quick scorer. That, that was another thing that Dennis Gates said. He said, you know, this guy is, is one that leads the country in terms of time of possession. So that, you, you don't think about time of possession from an individual player standpoint. But the point that he was making was when Tolu Smith gets the ball, more times than not, he's ready to go to his move. And, and he can go to his right shoulder. He can go to his left shoulder. He, he can establish himself down on the baseline where he kind of almost works underneath the backboard and then pops out to receive a pass. Or he can be farther out to like that SEC logo in the middle of the lane and kind of go to work from there. So he is – Missouri fully recognizes that he's a handful. Joe Klein is the uh, is the analyst tonight. He had the, the Mississippi State-Missouri game at Starfall earlier this year and he said, you know, it's it's interesting having watched that shoot around compared to today because Missouri was not focused on Tolu Smith and taking him away in in the first game, whereas that was a big, big focus in what they did kind of in their defensive preparation for this with the night. So then as we've been talking about, State's been able to find different leading scorers throughout this run they've been on. Who is the other guy for Mississippi State tonight? I mean, Cam Matthews has been playing well. I think you talked about that yesterday. Uh, he is over the last five games really shooting it well. Um, you know, DJ Jeffries just feels like a little bit of a wild card. Is this one of those nights where he goes out and he hits, you know, three threes and gives you three or four other baskets? Or is it one of those nights where he struggles from the perimeter? You know, it's so much about making shots. But And, and forgive me for kind of flipping it around to the other side. But that's the key for Missouri, right? I mean, Kobe Brown has been great shooting the basketball. Demoy Hodge has been great shooting the basketball. But Nick Honor has not. He's been on a cold streak. Noah Carter has been really cold for Missouri. I think he's one of his last 14 over the last four games from three. Missouri's so good at home, and they did not shoot it well against Texas A&M. It feels like a night where they're going to really try to get out to a fast start. But here's the thing. Missouri is not going to... Uh, like from a Mississippi State perspective, you can get shots against Missouri. Uh, you know they're, they're they're a little hard to deal with on the perimeter, but you can get it into kind of the middle of that defense, and you can get just about any look that you want. 
So we'll see. I, I really am interested to see who that second person is. So not to avoid your question of who's it going to be, but I think it's going to be interesting to see who that other person is that steps up tonight. We'll, uh, we'll leave you with this. John and Meridian says, Richard's a good announcer and I'm a state alum and fan. Nothing backhanded about it. Have a good call and we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, boys. We'll talk to you soon. As Richard Cross, you guys know him. Joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line, check out favorites.com and go with the home team. We'll stick with basketball, but it's something that I've been asked about enough that I want to talk about it. Been thinking about it all day, and so I'll address it, quote-unquote address it next. Will Wade, Chris Beard, and Ole Miss, should they? Will they? What would I do? All that stuff when we come back. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you at Sports Talk Mississippi on a Tuesday. However you're listening to us, we appreciate you because I think, I could be wrong, but I think most of our stations are gone right now. So we appreciate you, however you're listening, wherever you are listening across the state of Mississippi or like Jason in Arizona or... Nobody's listening anyway. Um... We got a listener in Michigan who's a Mississippi transplant up there. Andy in Michigan. So we appreciate all of you guys. Let's turn the page, flip the page to go ahead. We need to get an international listener. I want to know who's listening, you know, across the pond. I know we have a podcast listener. Military personnel probably is. We have a podcast list, multiple podcast listeners that are overseas. I I need to dive deeper Mm -hmm. into the analytics to see if they were just on vacation. You know what I mean? If it was yeah. just like, hey, I'd you know have the podcast uploading on my phone, but my wife and I went to Italy, and then we came back a week later, and that counted. I need to, I need to know that. Dig a little deeper, but yeah. Either way, so it's no secret if we're being honest that Ole Miss basketball is about to have an opening. Everybody knows the score. There's, there's no if it's it's done. It's going to happen. A coaching search is going to happen, and. Because of that, and because of the lack of any kind of excitement into the program, people are already talking about candidates. I get a message a day, somebody either pitching me a candidate, as if I have any say, or talking about two in particular. So, uh, Richard, last week on this show, said that Ole Miss will not be hiring Chris Beard, the former Texas coach, or Will Way, the former LSU coach. I don't know what Richard knows, but I know what I would do. So we'll look at it from from that angle. Talk about it from that perspective. If I were Keith Carter, this is what I would do. Chris Beard, as you guys know, was arrested and fired from Texas after, at best, a physical altercation with his fiance. Those charges were dropped recently. Will Wade, different story, got in NCAA trouble thanks to a Wiretap catching him discussing payments to players. Got fired from LSU, is currently doing a podcast while he awaits uh, his verdict from the NCAA. I have seen and heard from Ole Miss fans that have said anything from if 
Keith Carter does not hire one of those two guys, he is not serious about winning, all the way to he better not hire one of those two guys or else the program is a joke. I mean, everything that and in between. So if I were Keith Carter, if I were in his shoes, knowing what I know about Ole Miss basketball and its history and its standing in the pecking order, I would look into both of them. I would, because there is no shot coaches with those resumes would ever consider Ole Miss under normal circumstances, and reportedly both of them would want the job if they were given the opportunity. But there's also a reason that they would, because their options are going to be kind of limited. But if They I were, don't currently have jobs. They don't currently have jobs. If I were Keith Carter, I would look. I would look into both of them. But... I would really push back on the people that say if uh, two things. They're both available, and you better hire them. Because you don't know if they are both available right now. Take Will Wade, for example. If I were Keith Carter, I would I would hire Will Wade. If you knew that he is not going to get a show cause, I would hire him. That is my opinion. Other people don't share it, and that's okay. But I would hire him because Will Wade's crimes are literally celebrated now. Not only are they legal by the state of Mississippi and the 49 other states in this country, but they are celebrated. On3 literally has an NIL tracker where you know how much the players are getting and what their deals are. Will Wade's crimes, albeit very stupid at the time, I ripped on him all the time because it was remarkably stupid, are legal now. However, you don't know he's going to get off. Now, there are there's a lot of reporting saying that he is. And if that's the case, I would hire him right away. That That's just me. But until they would, know for sure, he's not hireable. Because you can't hire a coach and then fire him three months later when he gets a show cause. That you can't do that. Yeah. I would definitely, if I'm picking between these two, I'm definitely going Wade. Because... The, the the especially if you don't know he's getting the show cause right if you know that he's not getting one you're fine do it but with beard I know the charges have been dropped that is just an ominous yeah. thing that the charges were ever brought up in the first place and that's not something you want to have to go back like if if you if it will wait is probably not going to get busted for cheating again right in this nil era right he's not. But if Chris Beard, something happens and he gets arrested again, you are going to eat a plate of crap. Yeah. And you don't want to do that. So, Wade, it's hard to it's hard to believe you're going to say this, but Wade is the safer choice. For sure. Of those two. And, and I know Sean Beard's Miller, probably the better coach, but... Got a, got a better resume. Um, yeah. The, uh, Sean Miller got hired at Xavier before his punishment was handed down because apparently they knew that he wasn't going to get one. If that is the case, then yes, I say hire him. But unless they know for sure, he might not be available until they know for sure. That's what I would do. W- with Chris Beard, I would vet him. I have seen and heard from people say er, that have said Keith Carter should vet him. But when you say that, you have to know that the outcome might not be good. There's a chance in the vetting that they find something else. There's a chance that they don't. But there's a chance not only when they talk to people that were involved. By the way, Texas fired him. Texas 
fired him for a reason. I don't think you can deduce it however you want. But Texas knew the details. They waited. They didn't fire him immediately. They waited. They gathered information and they terminated a guy as good as him. Maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe there's something else. Maybe in the vetting process, they find that there's another problem. Or maybe in the vetting process, they find that they should really be worried that it happens again. When you say Chris Beard's available, I don't think that's exactly true. He's available to vet. You are now clear to go down that road. You are not necessarily clear to hire him. Because if there is something else... Or if there's a fear that it's going to happen again, I don't think that person is hireable. So you've got to, and maybe people just don't have trust in the athletic department to do it this way, but you've got to trust that if they go down that road, I'd be willing to bet they already have, honestly. And they end up deciding no, it doesn't mean they're not serious about winning. There's a chance that they find something that they don't like beyond what they already know and decide, you know what, can't do it. That's, that has to be okay with people, and some don't see it that way, and I disagree with that. I think you explore it because you are never hiring a coach of that caliber under normal circumstances, but you have to be okay with saying no if you find more, which is totally, completely possible. And so when you have to hire one of those two guys. I don't think not doing that means that Keith Carter's not serious about winning. It, it just means that there's a hang-up. There's a possible hang-up with Will Wade. He might get a show cause. And until they know for sure, that's yeah. on the table. Beard Beard feels like the kind of guy who's going to have to go back to a small school and build his way back up, build up the trust. Yeah. Five, six years of, of, of living you know, scot-free to, to, to do that. Because I'll be honest with you, Yesterday was the five-year anniversary, I think, of the uh, the dismissal of Andy Canizero. Hmm. And that's a guy that wasn't vetted. John Cohen did not vet him, just hired him. Knew him, knew him from the road, didn't, didn't go through all that. And I don't know that anything would have come up, but maybe something would have come up that would have been like, man, I don't know. And then obviously not the same situations. But, you know, you talk about vetting, and it's why it's important. I think Beard has to, you know, he'll be next year at a mid-major, coach there a few years, get them into the tournament, and then be able to come back to a Power 5 job if he's, you know, kept his nose clean between now and then. And, you know, Wade, on the other hand, I think can get back in. Yeah, right away, as long as you know that a show calls isn't coming. So I I would explore them both. Uh, I know some people say that they shouldn't. More people say that they should. I, I would explore them both. I would. But I would also be okay with passing on somebody with Beard's caliber. And it's not because I'd be afraid of Dan Wolken or, or whatever. It's not about a news cycle. It's about what would happen to your program forever if something like that were to happen again while you, just months after the alleged incident, gave him millions of dollars to, to coach your program. There There is more risk associated than some people are giving it credit for. I've, I've seen people compare him to Bruce Pearl. Well, Bruce Pearl's at Auburn. Those situations are not, are not at all the same. There's more risk in that. I think it would be totally appropriate to go down the road and explore and vet those guys, and I don't think if it ends with them not being hired, it means that they're not serious. Both things can be true. And then there's a lot of criticism about, well, you can't just hire a mid-major. 
where did Eric Musselman come from? Where where did Nate Oates Chris come Jans from? Chris Jans come from. Where did Chris Jans come from? Where, where did Chris Beard come from before Texas Tech hired him? Where did Will Wade come from? Doesn't mean you're not serious. And that's just that's just the easier decision, too. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad with you. A couple of your texts on this. First one we get is, what happened to innocent until proven guilty? I understand what you are saying. I truly do. But that is a that is a legal principle only. That, that does not necessarily have to apply when you are hiring coaches. You can, or employees or anybody, you can hire a coach for... So that- I ask that question all the time, right there. Like, would your business hire someone who, even if they weren't found guilty, was arrested on domestic abuse charges? Very recently. Do you take? Do you? T- yeah, in the last two months. Do you? Does your business take that risk? Now think about what your business is versus what Ole Miss Athletics is in terms of a multi-million-dollar company. There is no innocent until proven guilty. In terms of the business world, yeah, that is just a, a legal principle. But to your point, though, and why I say you sh- they should open the door and explore. But but fans have to be comfortable with the idea that they open the doors, explore, and don't like what they find, and they decide not to. Now, if they don't do that, I think that's a mistake. Truly, if they don't ever at all kick the tires on Chris Beard or Will Wade, to me, that's a mistake. Not hiring them would also not be a mistake, in my opinion. I I don't understand the criticism of you can't hire a mid-major coach when that's where all the good coaches have come from. The two that fans are clamoring over, Will Wade won at VCU and Chattanooga before LSU, or reverse, Chattanooga then VCU before LSU gave him their shot. Chris Beard was at Little Rock. Chris James was at New Mexico State. Nate Oates was at Buffalo. Uh, that, that's where these guys come from. That's where great coaches come from. If that's the road they go down, it doesn't mean it's a failure, and it doesn't mean they don't care about winning in basketball. It's not what they mean uh, at all. Here's a text, but aren't there some really good up-and-coming coaches at smaller schools without the baggage? I mean, uh, apparently it's been reported that Chris Holtman w- would be somebody interested in the job. Now, his team is not good this year, but Chris Holtman has made seven consecutive NCAA tournaments. Seven straight. Seven straight at two two different stops combined for those seven straight. He recruits well. He runs a fun style of play. Been to the Sweet 16. Has won a tar- in those seven straight years. Has won at least one game in six of them. So they are going into the tournament for whatever reason. This season, it's not working at Ohio State. 
and and there's a chance that there could be a clean break and allow him to reset. Also, he has family in Mississippi. Now, considering Ole Miss's basketball history of nine total NCAA tournaments, are fans really going to turn their nose up at somebody that's been to seven straight? Is that really what... So, the hire those two guy or bust does not make sense to me. At all. At all. Now, they there can be a bad hire. There are guys that they could possibly hire that won't fill up the arena right away. But at the end of the day, as long as they win, people will show. Ask Mississippi State. Did How many Mississippi State fans knew who Chris Jans was when he was hired? How many knew? Very few. Not a lot. Not a lot. They've played packed home games in conference play. Almost all of them have been, have been packed home games. Why? Because they started playing well basically right away. Something something else to consider. And like I, I know everybody cheats, but there's cheating and then there's cheating. Can Will Wade win without cheating? He did at VCU in Chattanooga. Did he? He did. Yeah. Maybe he was cheating on whatever their level well, was. You know, it wasn't but I mean, it's a legit concern. The, the the smart play for Carter might be just to find a guy, no baggage, been a winner, and go from there. And if people complain, they'll complain, and they'll complain right up until Ole Miss was back in the NCAA tournament, which a good coach can get them there. Yeah. So it's um, yeah. And if if I were Keith again, I, like I said before, I would vet the two of them. I would go down that road. I would also really make a run at Chris Holtman. I mean, uh, looking for uh, possibly anyway, looking for a clean break. <laughs> Hiring a sitting Power 5 head coach that's been to seven consecutive tournaments would be a really nice thing to put in a press release. <laughs> I mean, and, and Kermit makes more money than he does. A good bit more, actually, if you can believe that. Kermit Davis is a top-half paid coach in the SEC. Kermit Davis is making the same amount of money as Mississippi State's football coach. So the the, the mm-hmm. possibilities are there. Um, so, anyway, we will see. There will be plenty of time to talk about this. Let's talk football next. But more important, not so much X's and O's, but I came up with kind of a goofy idea thanks to a very goofy quote from the athletic director at Texas. So we're going to have a little fun with it, and we need your help on the text line. 601-879-4395. We'll talk, do a little uniform. A little uniform talk when we come back for the college football fix. 601-879-4395 is the text line. We'll be back. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. Triple Eight Eight Zero Eight Eight Six Three Seven on Super Talk Mississippi. Morky and Brian Haydad with you. Fast two hours. We're going to have a little bit of fun right now because it's February 21st. And if your football team is in the news right now, it's probably not a good thing. So for the college football fix, 
Let's have a little fun. Turn by Ford in your local Mississippi Ford dealer. When you're not watching baseball, you should go test drive an F-150. You'll see why it's been the best-selling truck in America for almost five decades at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. So, I've often said that I don't think Texas is ready for the SEC. I think culturally they are going to be shocked when they realize that nobody around here really gives a you-know-what about how special they are at Texas the way the Big 12 did. They're not impressive. Their stadium's not impressive compared to what we see every year in the SEC. The little horn, that's cute. There's nothing special about Texas, but buddy, they think they're special. Get this quote from the AD, Chris Del Conte, at Texas. He was asked yesterday if they were going to have alternate uniforms in football. He said, quote, If God wanted multicolored sunsets, he'd have made them purple and green. But he didn't. They're burnt orange. It's not old. It's not stuffy. It's Texas. It's the best. Man's never seen a sunset before in his life. Apparently Those not. Were, every sunset I have seen has had more than one, has had plenty of colors in it. You know, I've heard the uh, the old "If God's not a Tar Heel, why is the sky Carolina blue?" I I, I like that one. That one works. Yeah. What he just said doesn't work. Uh, so, especially when Austin has a nickname called the City the of Violet the Velvet Crown. Crown. Violet, Violet Crown. The Violet not, Crown. Yeah. yeah. Because the sunsets are purple. <laughs> yeah. Like, so if, go outside, Chris. Look at any, just look at a sunset, Chris. Just any of them. Just look Google. at one. Google a oh, sunset. Man. I saw a, a, there there was a, a reply underneath that that said "Amen" from a Texas fan. His banner was a sunset that had blues and purples and yellows in it. I mean, <laughs> just chef's kiss. But Chris Del Conte, despite his Ish. infinite idiocy, thinking that sunsets are only burnt orange. And that because of that, God was clearly sending a message to Texas athletics about uniform colors. Yeah, that's a a real adult thinking that. But anyway, I decided to have a little fun. One change, just one. And and hit us up on the text line, 601-879-4395. Texas refuses to alter their football uniforms. If you had the power, if you were God, apparently, because that's what it takes to change football uniforms... You get one change for your team. What would the one change be to their uniforms? You got one. What is it? <laughs> this is the easy one for me. Going full-time with that script State helmet. That's the new helmet. The Banner M is officially retired. Gone. Never seen again. It's a tough one because I love that. I would do the, the chest differently. I don't like the the banner mm. Mississippi State on the chest. I, I would. It's awful in a football uniform. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the anything banner related is gone. The script state would look great right there. Yeah, state. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Or the 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 profile yeah. of Bowling we, would be great right there. What are we doing in Oxford? Or Miss State would be great right there. Um, pants. I, I would get rid of the gray pants. I don't like them. I just they're kind of dull. But the white pants they've been wearing are just that. They're just white. 
Now, I said one change. This is multiple changes. I would have a pair of white pants with red stripes that match your shoulder stripes. I would have a pair of white pants with blue stripes. And I would have a pair of white pants with powder blue stripes. Because they're too plain. That, that's just so the gray, plain. The gray pants are very traditional, though. The, they are. The, the Ole Miss and the red jersey, gray pants, powder blue helmet, that is the Ole Miss of, of, of my youth. So, What would you change? From about Ole Miss? <sighs> I, think they, uh, I think they need to do a red helmet once. I've seen some mock-ups. I love them. People hate them. Yeah, a red helmet one time. See, as an alternate, not as what, an everyday what, thing. Uh, See, my top my thing pant, for though. state is every day. Oh, I go red, 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 white. Oh, okay, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Your thing With for state is every day. Blue Ole, Ole Miss, huh? Yeah, for for state, I'm telling you, I want the state script as the new logo. For Ole Miss, I'm saying an alternate red helmet. Yeah. The state on the baseball uniforms looks great, by the way. Yeah. yeah that on the volleyball uniforms looks great. It, it, what about something Ole Miss has never done? You know, state's done it, and they've had some that look good, some that look bad, but an Ole Miss black jersey. Ooh, what, what accent colors? Probably white with, with, with red piping and a powder blue helmet. I would have to see that to know what I would think about that. I got to see the mock-up, yeah. But I mean, everybody has a black jersey. Why does Ole Miss not have one? Dad in Hattiesburg sent us a picture of a sunset and said, "I see no burnt orange. Yeah, I, I see pink. I see purple. I see blue. I see yellow. I see. Yeah, there's there's possibly like a shade of burnt orange in there, but not really. Yeah. Also, a really nice sunset over uh, some kind of farm that you're driving near, Dan. Appreciate the picture. Get home safely. By the way, that's what the Texas fans were asking about. They were asking about having a black jersey. Oh, that would look great. They're not even yeah, they're not even trying to get like a crazy color scheme or anything. They're just talking about having like a black jersey with with the white helmet. That's all they want. Jeez. Dwayne so says they can't even have that. Texas has but Texas has Matthew. Who cares? He's just an actor. Albeit a very, very good uh, one. I don't, I don't like to wear a jersey when I'm at home. I just go around with no shirt on. Isn't he one of those guys that doesn't wear deodorant in that his thing? I just like my natural must to take uh, take precedence. I think he's one of those people. And, and isn't Ashton Kutcher yeah. one of those people, too? Where well, when he, he made his Ash, appearance my, on game day and everybody was chanting, uh, take a shower? <laughs> well, my my, but, my buddy Ashton, he, he, he uh, when he was playing Steve Jobs, he, he did that fruit diet. All he ate was fruit. It makes for a, a, a natural scent. Somebody says, "Well, McConaughey's not great. It's just, it's just, it's just borderline okay." Yeah, he's great so. though. True Detective. You, still, you just got to talk. I mean, just, you, just have, you have to talk Southern and talk quiet. If you can do that, you yeah. can do McConaughey. Like whatever your normal voice is, just bring it down a little bit. That's yeah, McConaughey. There is a, a better than great chance that he will show up on the campuses of Ole Miss and Mississippi State in short order, though. Well, he's been to Ole Miss. He was there. In, oh, uh, that's right. He was there. Yeah. So was. Uh, yeah. And then Rick Perry showed up. That was interesting. I actually saw the. That's not. That's not the same. I know, uh, but it was I'll just like people were like really protecting Rick Perry, and I thought I'm yeah. sure that if you, you don't have to do that, that, but nobody cares that Rick Perry. 
he's here. If you don't think that Matthew McConaughey will ring a cowbell, though, that you are mistaken. He will definitely. Oh, he'll do it. Hey, man, let me have a ring on that thing. Let, yeah. me, let, me, <laughs> let me let me let the natural sound encase my my ears. <laughs> Uh, somebody says, please keep the pants at Ole Miss. Another one, no white helmets at Ole Miss and go back to gray pants. They haven't completely gotten rid of them. They just don't wear them much anymore. The, the, the white helmets, the, the, thing, the, the thing I didn't like about Ole Miss this year, or, okay, that's a that's a misnomer. Uh, the thing <laughs> uniform-wise was I feel like the powder blues have become a little bit too regular. Like, they should, they really need to be a special... They need to wear the powder blues LSU at home and then maybe and then any other big games. I, I would wear it all the time. Because yeah. they don't really wear the navy blue very much mm-hmm. anymore, do they? It, yeah. it, it kind of feels like there's a, a bit of a replacing going on. It, it feels like that's possibly, possibly happening. I mean, look, if yeah. we're being totally honest, it, the reason that powder blue – exists at Ole Miss is a cool story. And considering how a lot of other stuff there came about, that one is like a story, a fun story that you can tell and they can feature on the SEC Network. And when you get college game day, they can talk about the the time that they sent their helmets to get painted and they came back and they were the wrong color. And you just had to wear them because back then you couldn't just paint your helmet a different color that, that quickly. And then it became a thing. Like that, that's the yeah. kind of college stories that, like, the, the reason for cowbells. Like, that. that's a, just a yeah. cool story. It, anyway, we'll get to more of your messages when we come back. Some pretty good stuff here on the text line. We'd love to have you apart, and we appreciate you, uh, however you're listening, um, knowing that baseball's going on right now. What is it, 5-1 to one in Oxford? And uh, my feet is frozen. What is it in Starkville? It's not good. It's 3 nothing ULM. Oh, not uh, not good. I am frozen. I'm not on overreacting a, on a car I'm really not. So that's yeah. uh, that's what I got. But anyway, six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. We'll be back. Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoon, starting at 3 on Supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad back with you talking about one change you would make. One change you would make to the uniforms of your favorite teams. We get one message here. Make one change to Mississippi State. Put the bulldog of the bulldog blitz on the side of the helmet. Yo, on all fours, bully. I love that bully. I don't know about doing that on the helmet, though. I mean, I don't know. This is my opinion. I do like the walking bully, too. That's a good one. I don't know if you put that Very on helmets. School, yeah. Yeah, Maybe you know, one time. Again, it's not a good helmet logo. Yeah. But, yeah. 
Bubba and Starkville says, yes, go back with Miss State on the jersey. Love that myself. See, I I love the old, I love the connotations of Miss State because those were the state's best teams in those late 90s and that won the West and all that. But Miss State, just something something about that is like, eh. I hear you. And I, think it, it was, I would just put State. I would, too. Because, it, and, and people are like, wait, what are you talking about because of LSU? But you're the only state in the SEC. Not a single Nobody person calls LSU, LSU as, state. as Louisiana State. No. Not one person. In the South, State is Mississippi State. Yes. And, and, and in the North, maybe it's Michigan State, but who cares? Who, cares? Who, who in Michigan is buying your gear? Nobody. Nobody. And you can coexist. That's the state of the Big Ten. You're the yeah. state of the SEC. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody thinks the UM logo needs to go. I like it. I, I think that's it's good for baseball. Yeah. That's that's a baseball logo. What are we doing for USM, by the way? We didn't. I, the, do they have a gold helmet? I think the banner, that banner logo, needs to come back. The old Southern Miss. Yes, I love that. And and they wear. I it, love but the old '80s logo of Southern Miss with the with the big eagle with the wide wets web wingspan and it had the Southern Miss or USM underneath it. That's a good that's one a good too. looking logo. Yeah, the Favre uh, USM logo is what it, I guess it would be. I love the black that they're wearing. Th- those the black 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 I don't great. know if they have a gold helmet or not. Southern Miss fans, help me out here. I don't know if, if they have a gold helmet. Like Dang. and they the gold they use is more yellow than gold. They need to get gold. Go back to the old gold look that they used to have. Somebody says Ole Miss with a chrome helmet. Well, everybody will look good with a chrome helmet. Yeah. Somebody says Ole Miss doesn't have a matte helmet either. Would matte powder look good? I don't know. Maybe that's where the red helmet comes in. Hunter and Columbus says Ole Miss is better looking jerseys than the powder blues. I like the powder blues, but they shouldn't get away from navy and red. I mean, you have to actually try and mess your jerseys up when you have red, white, and blue. That is true. Really hard to screw up the colors of the good old U.S. of A. Yeah. Nike manages to do that with soccer, but, you know. (laughs) Also, our hockey our Olympic hockey jerseys have been not good lately. They've had, like... Look, you're the United States of America, right? Like I said before, Ole Miss has a story with the powder, and also you're not representing a country, right? It's a college. Colors are malleable. When you're the United States of America, the colors on the jersey are red, white, and blue. Don't give me this, like, fade to light North Carolina blue feathery crap that they've been putting on the sleeves lately. That's not a color of ours. Same thing with the soccer jerseys. Black's not a color of ours. Light blue's not a cut. Red, white, and blue. It's so easy. Put stars and stripes on the jerseys. That's all you got to do, and you'll sell a million of them. But instead, we screw it all up. What we wore at the World Cup was an abomination. Like It was like a black camouflage. What? It was rough. We're not pirates, man. <laughs> but anyway... Anyway, somebody says, yes, please go back to the gold. They look like bumblebees. Reese says, I'm with you, Borky. Get rid of the gray pants. Doesn't pop. Looks dirty. Bubba and Starkville says, yes, Southern, Southern Miss, Miss has gold. gold helmet a few times. Yeah. yeah, a decade ago. Don't I don't recall that, but. There we go. I'm trying to, I'm trying to picture Southern in all gold. 
I don't know if that would work. Yeah, I know they wore all much. black many, many times. Yeah, all gold would be. Especially the current gold they have right now, they, they, they would not look good. Could you go gold, gold, black? Gold helmet, gold uh, jersey, black pants? Or black, black, gold. Black, black, gold is what they would normally wear, right? Yeah. That looks good. Yeah, that, that's fine. But I'm like, or do you, could you go gold, black, gold helmet on a black jersey, black pants would look good. You look at the Saints. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with looking like the Saints. So, yeah, the the banner's back, which I like. That That's the change that has already happened. Um, I can't, I, no, there's no all gold. There should be. There you go. There you go, Southern Miss fans. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five state. Bring back the old Jackie MSU logo. Old Miss matte powder blue helmet. USM. Bring back the nineteen ninety two logo. I have, I have heard rumblings, no pun intended, that there will be some throwback interlocking MSU logo stuff this year. I've heard that 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 rumor. I don't know if it'll happen or not, but I've heard that rumor, which is going to be rough. Because once that happens and they sell literally every piece of merchandise that has that on it, they're going to be like, why are we using this other logo? That's the old, yeah, that logo right there, that is, yep. that's a great logo for USM. You can modern that up just a little bit and put that on everything. The, the eagle flying yeah. with spread wings, as you said, with Southern Miss underneath it. Yeah, it's great. That's a good one. Uh, Kevin just sent us a nice graphic with all of their uniforms over the years. That looks really good. Shout out to whoever made this. Need the gold helmet in here, yeah. Yeah, for uh, for sure. So, fair or foul, real quick, because I want to talk about this Duke basketball thing when we uh, come back, but there, there's a picture floating around going viral on the internet. We all love barbecue around here. We literally had a segment come up organically because we talked about barbecue so much. However, it is is this appropriate, fair or foul? A gentleman was pictured on an airplane this week with a pizza box, which is what it is. It's a pizza box mm-hmm. where half of it is French fries and the other half is a full rack of what looks like Kansas City ribs. Barbecue sauce and everything. I don't know there's how a, he got it on corn, an airplane, corn, but There's he a did. corn on the cob in there, too. There See is? It? Yes, there is. Yeah. So he got Fair or ribs foul. with two sides. It's incredibly foul. First off, airport ribs? Where am I getting ribs at the airport? The the under, the bone side of the ribs look completely and totally unseasoned. Like they have not been touched yeah. by even salt. So you're eating airport ribs. This was a breakfast flight, by the way. Somebody said this was an AM flight. So we're eating this for breakfast. Secondly, you, know, you can't. You you want to bring a sandwich on a plane? That's fine. A burger, I can I can get behind that. You're gonna bring in a slab of ribs covered in sauce? No, gross. No, you can't do that. It's totally foul. If you could do it, would you do it? No, I'm not eating ribs on a plane. Ribs something I want to enjoy. I don't want to be on a plane muscling, muscling for uh, for arm space. No. 
I considered fighting somebody that ate Greek yogurt on an airplane once. Oh. Like, I could stand the ribs more than that because, like, I like the smell of barbecues. Nobody likes the smell of Greek yogurt when you are not consuming it. Not a single person. He's right behind me, had his little cup, and he was, like, like really uh, sticking his spoon around the sides to get every ounce of it as well. Like, I almost grabbed that cup and just shoved it right back in his face. Well. How is it that we that something can smell so bad, but we still like it? I've never understood that. Oh, I don't like Greek yogurt. But I, I do. I hate the smell, but I love it. How is that possible? I, I thought smelling was the whole know, part of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, if something smells bad, it's uh, how do you get it close to your face? Like, close enough to eat? Yeah. I mean, because you got the wine snobs, right? That pour a glass of wine and then they shake yeah. it and shake it because they have to release tannins or whatever. And then you got to smell it to, like, activate your palate or something stupid. Like, have you ever been around a wine snob that does that crap? With all due respect, if, you're, no. if you are a wine snob that does that crap out there, more power to you. You like what you like, and don't let yeah. me shame you for liking it. I don't understand how that's enjoyable, though. Well, that's the problem. The wine snob doesn't. They shame you for not liking it. True. That's why they're the snob. Just and like they're like wafting it, like you know, you got to smell, and we got to hold hold the wine for fifteen minutes before you can drink it. It's like, just, you pour bourbon in a glass and you start drinking it. You don't have to release anything or smell it. You just consume it, and it's all good. I don't know. Six here, one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. The worst sign in college basketball heckling history. We'll tell you what that is when we come back. Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices, plus exclusive interviews with coaches, players, and legends from the past. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. He's Brian Haydad. I'm not being flippant when I ask this question. It's going to come off that way, but what the heck's happening in Starkville right now? Not good. Not good. Tell you, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. I said, I want to see what this week brings. It's not off to a good start. So you may be ahead of me because my, my feed keeps freezing, but I see a 4 to nothing Louisiana Monroe lead with two out Going. and two strikes into the bottom of the fifth. Uh, the fifth is over, so they're going to top six. State trails four nothing. They're, 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 they are in real trouble. And look, I know. I know in 2018, they started out really poorly and they went to Omaha. 2016, they started out poorly and they won the SEC and went to a Super Regional. I know these things. But this team, I mean, they, they can't, they're, they're bad defensively and. They don't have a ton of pitching depth. And now today the bats haven't shown up. I, this is a really bad performance. And look, it's the sixth inning. You're playing ULM. They could come back and win. 
They can easily come back. We, we could look up in an hour or two, and they, they won 11 to 4. Yeah. But this is bad. And I, I don't understand how it's gotten to this point with this team. Especially after, and not only considering what happened last year, but the weekend oh, wasn't inspiring oh. either. Real quick, Kendall Rogers just tweeted, hearing more crushing injury news likely on the way, this time regarding an All-American pitcher from a big-time program. More likely coming out a little later today. Stay tuned. So, I wonder who that is. Ah! That, that would be... Sucks. That really sucks. That would be crushing. Um, but with state, I, it's just, yeah, it's they, they were the national champions two years ago, and not only have they not built upon it, they they apparently have torn it all down. And I mean, right now the decision not to pursue a shortstop in the portal looks bad. Forsyth with another error today again. If you're going to put that guy in the lineup because of his defense, he he needs to not have three errors through four games. Yeah. And it, just, what are the, is just, there another option if that continues to go poorly? There, 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 there are other guys who can play short, but I mean, are they going to get that opportunity? I don't know. Wow. So there's still time, and it's still early. All of the, it. That's the thing. Is both can be true at once. We have seen state teams in the past stroll out of the gate, finish strong. It's true. It can also be true that it's early in the season. Things that aren't going well can be figured out. And it can also be true that they have shown over the last year and four games now that there are issues. Yeah. Big issues. I mean... This is this is it, it. Really, is something to see how quickly this program. And look again. I feel I hate making these kind of statements. You know, four games into this season, and I mean this game isn't over yet either. But it's just it's just there's just a funk around Mississippi State baseball right now. You know, you go back to last year. I, I mean, go back to last year. Opening day, national championship. Everybody's in a great mood. Landon Sims on the mound. You're ready to see the new era of, of Mississippi State baseball. And you lose that opener to, to Long Beach State. And since that day, it has just been straight downhill. Hmm. We will see if uh, if they can recover that for sure. Uh, one message. Hey, Dad, everyone is blaming the injuries for last year. Is it possible that 2021 and the national championship happened because Lamonis inherited a good lineup and was an anomaly? Should we start thinking coaching search? Probably too early to start thinking of stuff like that in terms of the head coach. Now, assistant coaches, you know, going to maybe have to think about those kind of things for sure. That'll be the first um, thing to happen. But, I, I mean, right, tell me if I'm crazy. I, I don't think there's really much of anything that could lead to a termination of the guy that won the school's only national championship two years ago. But it would have to be last in the overhaul everything and then you know the score kind of deal. If you if you finish last in the SEC again, there will be people who want to do that. I would put it that way. It is hard to go. I, I've, I thought about it like this. Think about Kirby Smart, right? I know Georgia had won national titles before, but you know he wins two back-to-back national titles. But what if somehow this year he went 5-7 and seven and then next year he went 4-8? and eight? Does he get a third year? No. Chiswick didn't. No. Nick Saban, for all 
for all he's done. If he went five and seven this year and four and eight next year, does he get another year? No. No. Nick Saban might not get another year if he went five and seven this year. These guys can't throw strikes. I mean, this is it's Louisiana Monroe. Put the ball over the plate. Play defense. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's the pitching for state is really, really, really problematic. Like they just don't have anybody. I mean, they just don't. I don't. I don't know who 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 is going to step up, but the the the, the approach is bad. It feels like they're being. They're not just. They're not being told to trust things. They're, it feels like they're 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 not about throwing strikes. They're trying to nibble around the corners. They're trying to get guys to chase. Just throw strikes, and if they hit it, they hit it. It's ULM, and then you're not you're not facing the 27 Yankees out there. It's rough. Uh, yeah, I, I am kind of captivated by this game right now. But promise this: Duke was playing Louisville last night. And there was a sign in the student section that went viral last night, not because it was a good sign, but for an opposite reason. I'm looking at a picture right now of a Duke student holding a big sign, and it's got screenshots, three different screenshots of Kamari Lands, right? His, I don't know dating apps, is that Tinder, is that Bumble, I don't know what app that is. It's a dating app of some kind. And it's got one of the screenshots is his picture, where it has his name, his age, University of Louisville, uh, from Indianapolis, location, all that, just like dating apps, right? And the next two screenshots are him having a conversation with presumably this young man pretending to be a hot Duke student female. And it is a casual conversation. Kamari has said nothing wrong in these screenshots. He didn't say anything inappropriate. He wasn't vulgar. But he was trying to meet up with a hot Duke student after the game. And he, he screenshotted this and put it on a poster and was showing everybody, hey, look, I pretended to be a hot girl and catfished the basketball player and thought that was a good idea. You know, on top of the fact that that's incredibly lame... Like, that's how you spend your free time. In light of the news that uh, what happened up here in Starkville recently, that, I don't know if you can read about it at supertalk.fm, where this, this, this you know, teenage boy was lured into a, a catfish scheme and ended up taking his own life. You know, catfishing is a terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't, it's obviously this, this guy from Duke and these people who are in Nigeria trying to extort money. They're not the same. But you you put yourself on their level when you do stuff like that. Catfishing is a really dangerous and really weird... I get some people are doing it for money, and then there's criminals and they're just evil people. This guy's just a loser. Yes. There's just no way around it. He's just a loser. He's like, I got nothing better to do. Rather than spend your time actually going out and trying to meet women and go to the bars and Try to you know get yourself hooked up with an actual woman. You stayed at home and pretended to be a girl to try and and go viral to embarrass a, a, a basketball a nineteen year old basketball player. By the way, that guy plays for a team that's three and twenty three on the year. How much more embarrassed are you going to make him? I mean, <laughs> yeah, he plays for Louisville, the worst team in the country. This all this this is just I don't know. 
They're four and twenty-four now. By the way, they uh, Louisville beat. Hey. Who did they beat? They, they beat, beat Clemson. Clemson. Yeah, that's right. They beat Clemson. Yeah, that was a that's a big game for that. That game helps Mississippi State. Clemson is the team State's kind of battling with on, uh, in the bubble area. I just my goodness, it's eight nothing. By the way, it's Starkville. Oh my gosh, are you? ULM's blowing it open. I I. Whew, we have some things to talk about on the next Thunder and Lightning. Yeah, yeah, you are. I, I still can't get over that. That this guy thought, hey everybody, look. I pretended to be a hot girl and got the basketball player to want to meet me. Look at he didn't have now, the self awareness I mean, to think that you are the loser, kid, not the player. You're the loser. Yeah. And again, you, he said nothing vulgar. He said nothing wrong. It's just here's this hot Duke student on this dating app, and I, after the game, if she wants to hang out, then I, I'll see you. You look good, honey. You want to hang yeah. out? Like that's all he did. He did nothing wrong. Loser, this guy. We'll save that for Monday, I guess. But either way, we will come back and maybe talk about the state game a little bit more. Because, ooh, Sports Talk Mississippi. One more segment with you. Mississippi, right here on Supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. Caveman, that place for Louisiana Monroe. What are we listening to there? What is Justin that? Moore. I don't know what to do. You don't like this stuff? You grew up in Vicksburg, Mississippi, and you live in Starkville, Mississippi, and you don't know Justin Moore? Is he from Mississippi? No, he just... What, do I, what does that have to do with anything? Isn't he from Arkansas? I don't know. I have no idea. Oh man, <laughs> that's not that's not your speed, huh? Nah, that's not, that's not me. It's not uh, not really my speed either. If we're being completely and totally honest, but uh, yeah. anyway, your buddy Robbie's uh, dealing with it again. By the way, people asking him why it's, been a, it's been a rough few weeks for some of us on the twitters, man. We, we, people are just you know. Why can't you be positive? There was a what? what? There was a there was a somebody tweeted today like a bunch of there's some MSU media members that were jerk that are jerks and I just wanted to be like at me next time talking about you and there there was a lot of subtweeting that led me to believe there were some people there was people who were talking about me and I was like oh well can't make them all happy but there are people that just see what they want and not what it is well this is the truth of the matter when it comes to positive and negative. The news is neither positive nor negative. I'm telling you, Mississippi State's getting, you know, maybe if I use the word manhandled, maybe that's a little over. If if I say they're losing, if I say they have errors, if I say they can't hit right now, that's not negative. That's just the news, man. 
yeah. If something good happens, you know, I'll let you know. Mm. Jeez. So anyway, 6018794395 is the text line. I think we have lost every station. I think everybody listening now is uh, on a stream of some kind. So we I got some things you. to say about y'all then. Bring it. Although, uh, there are a lot of people that listen to the podcast and the stream and Seaspire TV. That's true. That's we we true. can't just start Eli Manning up here. You know what I mean? No, no. Still one of the great. I mean, that's that's one of the best sports TV moments ever. Where he's talking about well playing at Philly, right? And he's walking yeah, down the tunnel, and yeah. it was a seven-year-old, and he just live on ESPN, just boom, threw him up. <laughs> that's the big deal. I've noticed that. I had a uh, what was it TBS on? Uh, I don't know why it was just on. There was like a movie on or something, and Bad Moms was the movie actually. And they're just letting the F word fly now, because cable TV is not governed by the FCC, right? It's not it's not broadcast television, it's right. streaming. But that, that's like a main channel, just F words, just flying. It's like my three year olds in the other room. The like, what the heck on, are you doing? I haven't heard the F word on a uh, on broadcast television, like on that that kind of TV yet. Like I've heard S, A, D, yeah, but I haven't heard F. Yet, they're just letting so. it fly now. Like, that used to be reserved for HBO, you know? Or Netflix or yeah. whatever. Oh, yeah. Not when yeah. you're flipping through South channels Park and they, there's they an said Oreos it, commercial after this, you know? You remember when they, on South Park, when they had the, the episode where they said the S word? Yeah. It was like the big deal, like they were going to say the S word on this other TV show, and then they said it like 275 times or something in the course of the show. At the little counter. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I was telling Hey that during the break about how South Park, uh, I'm sure they are shaking in their boots uh, by laughter, but they parodied Harry and Meghan, you know, the former prince, I guess he's still a prince or whatever, and his wife, and how they they excommunicated from the royal family because life was just so miserable, and they just wanted privacy, and so they, they established their privacy by moving to Los Angeles and doing a bunch of documentaries on Netflix and interviews and, you know, just really begging for privacy while putting their faces on literally anybody that would, or on any network that would be willing to do it. So Mm -hmm. South Park made fun of them. You know, the cartoon comedy show that makes fun of literally everybody, and they've been doing it for uh, going on three decades. They are Mm -hmm. possibly considering suing Trey Parker and Matt Stone. They will lose. They will lose. They will lose that lawsuit. Now, we are... We are losing a lot of our values in America, right? But that's not one of them. You can still openly make fun of powerful people in this country, unlike they can in the UK, Harry. I just, I want that to go through so a judge can read the lawsuit and say, Harry, you're an American now, bud. You can do this here. Have a good day. That's all I want to hear. It'll never get that far because some lawyers finally going to get it through their thick skulls that, again, here in America, you can make fun of powerful people. But anyway, it's really funny if you guys want to look it up. This state game is incredible. I didn't realize they only had one hit. That means they have more errors than hits. That's true. They've doubled that up. Oof. Thank you guys so much for being a part. State basketball hopefully gives you a little bit of a better night coming up here in about 50 seconds from right now. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. Hopefully we're back talking about a state basketball win tomorrow. 
We'll see you at 3. Y'all have a good night. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.